everybody. Welcome to the fifth episode of the STA podcast. We are audio only again and because <laughs> Johanna's webcam is horrible. And yeah, today <laughs> we are with Enrique again that join us and we are going to speak about nerdy stuff. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but we should totally show them the webcam next time because <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> But you can have uh, the webcam uh, show your beautiful eyes, only the eyes. <laughs> so people don't know. It takes one month to see the, all your face. First, it's just the forehead and the eyes and the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the old problem, probably. We know that that's not the truth, but. So the camera is creating you some complex. That's not good. <laughs> So, Henrique, uh, you do simulation in your life. So, don't tell us about what you do in your job. And since Johanna also is kind of doing similar-ish things, yeah. So, we might have a good discussion about that, and then I can put the experimentalist uh, point, point of, of view. view over there and and relevant and relevant point of view. Yeah, tell our our experiments are the only thing that matters. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Good so, luck yeah. publishing your uh, experiments. Oh, come on, I'm depressed already, though. I'm making worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that, that's true, yeah. <laughs> that, I have that going for me. <laughs> I love this already. Okay, so Enrique, tell us about your job. <clears throat> so you want to say a lot of boring thing about simulations? Uh, for those who have not listened to the podcast last week, <clears throat> no, two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think two weeks ago. It was a 3.5. So basically, I do computer simulations, atomistics, which means that, well, we simulate atom by atom. So it's quite small uh, simulation samples, let's say, of a few million atoms. And yeah, and we, we see what happens. And uh, normally, we study some... Uh, phenomena which happens yeah, in really small scale, so nanometer scale, which is around a thousand times smaller than a cell, a human cell. Mm-hmm. And we study several phenomena which, uh, for example, irradiation, it's one of the topics which I'm studying. How does the, the holy materials degradate under irradiation? So you should stuff to the, the simulated material and see what happens. Yeah, my job is not really constructive, it's mainly destructive. It's yeah, like, oh, that, that's, that's, the fun, that's the fun, no? <laughs> Blowing up uh, uh, materials at really small scale and all inside a computer, so. Yeah, <laughs> inside a computer. <laughs> yes, a lot of blood, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> atomic, atomic blood. <laughs> Oh yeah. But actually, you know, like uh, some guy who was in our lab, he was doing with Blender, you know, Blender. Yeah. Yeah. The, for the well, visualization tool. Yeah, for rendering, like yeah. uh, quite professional. What the, almost professionals use when they want to do 3D animation, and he was doing like these uh, animations with Blender, and he was cons- making the atoms as um, crystal spheres. So, um, well, I mean, or like let's say spheres which are which reflect really kind of really well polished. And then it was really, really, really cool. Like, uh, really cool. You could see the reflection of one atom means another inside on another atom surface, and so on. It was really interesting. So, you, and he was doing also this explosion kind of when you throw the atom because pretty much what happens you kind of create huge mess and the atoms fly away. <laughs> that looks cool. Yeah, it's true. Well, I'm sure uh, you would have a, we could find a place for you in our lab as a slave uh, producing nice animations for us. Yeah. <laughs> for free, you said, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, neither, neither we are, uh, Johanna, it's fine. Yeah, you don't need to be the best physicist uh, to 
animate cool stuff. Yeah, but we have quite. I personally have uh, because yeah, I, I do everything basically. I just throw irons with tons of energy, and they just pretty much give it to all the atoms nearby it, and then produce huge mess. And then I have some quite interesting uh, animations, which actually rendered maybe. I mean, they're already quite impressive uh, with the really basic rendering we use, but really quite cool. Like, for example, I have one animation where. Well, this is a PD that I'm going to show it here, but there is like a graphene layer, which is like kind of like fabric because it's like really thin. It's one atom thick and it's really huge. And then it's like it has a gash on it because I've run an iron. And um, then you see how it moves after the, the impact. And it looks like if you would have a, a fabric and you would be like, you know, like the bed sheets. When you wave the bed sheets, it just it looks exactly like that. And it's really cool. Uh, and uh, it's simulated not like not as a continuum. It's just like atom by atom, but it behaves like a it behaves exactly like a like a bed sheet or like real fabric. So it's really cool. Like so, it's the wave moving into the yeah through the atoms. The material, yeah. So I mean, and you see clearly. I mean, continuum and atoms is the same thing. Like I mean, it's just when you bunch a lot of atoms, they behave exactly like yeah because they are anyway connected to each other. So exactly. I mean, uh, bonded to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you actually you visualize the fact that the particle and waves can be the same thing, and you actually see it in with spheres. Mm. Particles and waves. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, it can be both. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I don't know if I mentioned these uh, theory simulations are called molecular dynamics, where like you basically follow the each atom individually, and each atom except I mean. Ex uh, applies a force on the neighboring atoms and so they uh, each of them like move according to the force that the other atoms have uh, access on, on them on it so kind of like realistic for our code our code is a fortune prehistoric mm, it was done outside of finland but then i mean in the 90s he was brought to my lab and then ever since has been developed in my lab. So pretty much is ours nowadays. But actually, no, no, go. Yes, this is actually, a, I think, a problem normally that uh, people don't take seriously when they make a code, maybe don't. Uh, often groups, they don't put enough resources for keeping the code in good shape. They do it for themselves and then they know how to use it and then... Kind of, yes. But yeah. then no one else uh, can... It, the, to, to learn how to, the code works, you need to really... I mean, you have to be in touch with the person who developed it, otherwise it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you, it's... Yeah, I understand. Also yes. because you might forget yourself what you did and then it's... Uh... It's a mess if you go through that a year later and it's like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking useless person. <laughs> yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> Write this code like a human being. I pretty much have it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you're past past you is pretty cool when you actually put good notes in your code and you're like oh yes past me was a genius the code is shit but at least i know why yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> have fun <laughs> but i mean the code we use is quite funny because it's hard-coded everywhere and full of go-to's nice <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, for those of you who are listening, if there's anyone who is listening, which I doubt, but anyway. Yeah, there is uh, always 10 people that listen to this, but I don't really, think anybody gets to I the end. I don't understand that. <laughs> but uh, so uh, go to is uh, one of these practices in computing, in programming, which uh, uh, the most hated ones, maybe, which someone got to come up with. It was from the old times when the computers were really slow and uh, the way the computer worked, you tell the computer when you get here, if this go back to this line, and which which means that basically the the, the you don't know exactly uh, to read the code, you have to all the time like uh, go up and down in the in the code, and it's really difficult to know 
which part of the code is being executed first or last. And it can be really prone to really bad errors where like uh, you don't really notice what your code will do because it's written in such a way that the, the, co the, the program, the computer jumps all the time from uh, one line to another one. And it's, uh, for the human brain, it's really difficult to visualize. Yeah, because it goes, jumps directly to that one line. And if you put other lines, then the number of that line is different and it jumps to the wrong place or what? Yeah, I mean, it's like you can have loops. Spaghetti yeah. code. So the, problem, the thing is like a normal code, it's, um, you can think of it as a diagram, you know, like you always go from top, down, down, down. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just thinking um, like uh, schematics because uh, sometimes the code has, uh, let's say, bifurcations or, you know, it splits. Can I happen this or this, so on. But uh, in uh, normal, nowadays in modern code, you separate. Uh, when, whenever there's a split, you make, put in two separate places in your code what happens in each of these splits, which means that uh, you know that once you are in this split, you are in this part of the code and you're not in the other one. And then once the code, uh, the split is done and you, uh, everything continues through a sequential way. So somehow like a part of the code that will always be executed after that part, no matter which of both ways you take, then it, it's uh, somehow you can always know that whatever is lower in the code have after what is before it. If you. Ah, uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, so it's completely horrible. Yes. But is it also for, for the computer when it goes through the code, it's actually much, much less efficient? Mm, I don't think so. Mm, okay. I think, actually, I don't know, but I guess this if, the if, the way the if works is pretty much like, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, but I guess it's quite similar to the go to just that it's just where you put the. Yeah. Okay. Because at the end of the day, the, the code, what you write is just a text, but then that's transferred into orders for the computer. Yeah, the instruction, um, then they are the same. Yeah, true. Yeah, basically. So, I mean, it's just not a... Yeah, still used. And when is the code, it's hard-coded, then what do you do? Do you rewrite it or just leave with that? And... Um, and no, I mean, these kind of codes are really big. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you cannot really do anything. You just live with it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's really funny, like you find, uh, I mean, this example uh, simulation code, which uh, was not, is not really well taken care of. And then you find everywhere, like thing commented and they're like, careful, uh, <laughs> uh, warning. No, this doesn't work. If it doesn't work, why is it even here? <laughs> That's the good way. Yeah. Yes. That is the way of mathematics. You never use number, you use X, Y, Z. Yeah, so much better. Yeah. Well, it's exactly the same concept. Make something general so you can, you don't prove it for this number, but you prove it like, I mean, the function can be used for whatsoever, whatever situation. Ah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But uh, now they are starting, they have put it in Git, GitHub. But before, I don't know which, uh, I mean, there was someone on charge for pushing the, uh, to the main repository to push in the, the so, updated versions. So there is your code, you're basically updated and then you put it somewhere and then everybody can access the last version of your code. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who's handling using the same code. So each person has a bit of a forked version of their own, but, uh, whenever, if you want to make pass this changes to the main uh, code version, then you would give it to the person who is who is in charge of passing them. Ah, okay. Who would like put it on who made the modifications. He, that was that way before, but I don't know, like I have personally my own version. I will have to push it at some point because I changed some stuff that is useful for other people. But now it's in Git, but when I started, it was not in Git. We had our own, uh, I think SVN, I don't know. Yeah, so I have no idea. Actually, yep. I mean, I was planning on starting using GitHub, I mean, to upload my codes to GitHub, but then the thing that you have to pay for uh, having them private and yeah.
Uh, we go back to the reason why <laughs> you wanna have its own server now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Enrique, you could pay Johanna to get it. Code. <laughs> <laughs> I'll push. Can I push them like uh, encrypted? I don't uh, trust you actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, do you use SSH or how do you access the stuff? In the... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay, you watched the, <laughs> the videos on the internet. <laughs> so, but anyway, you have already built it, isn't it? I, I, I didn't, I remember like last time you were on the process. Functionally web. <laughs> so now you can also organize uh, tournaments in here. You can uh, server at home and uh, we can make like LAN. <laughs> Yeah, is it powerful enough to run a game server? Yeah, I'm not sure also. Depends on the game, I guess. No, no, it doesn't no, it doesn't run. But you run all the calculation of uh, like interaction between players and then sends to every player, depending on the tick rate, if it's 60, 60 hertz per player, if depending on how many players. I mean, if it's Rocket League, it's six players. But I absolutely have no idea how that works. Yeah, it would be really nice actually to know someone to, if you know someone that does uh, like uh, on, online uh, or server coding stuff for games, you know, who, where to ask. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, yeah. But yeah, uh, so, um, but, but you, you and I, you are studying to do computer simulations. What is the real shit? So it's basically, what, what is the real topic? Okay. But it's mostly like it's a physics based or is it or you just learn the method to do stuff that you can do then whatever else okay okay yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> also i think uh i don't know at least from my point of view also it does quite even for people, physics, well, I guess it depends on the person. I personally, I like maths, but I find really challenging. I mean, I like maths from the point of view, uh, maybe to understand the, how, like, especially when applied to physics, to how does the basically theory work and so on, but I find quite challenging uh, solving math, pro problems of math courses given by mathematicians instead of physicists, because at least the way they teach in the, in the university for physicists, when you have to do some, even in the math courses, normally you have to calculate things. So it's like pretty much really straightforward way of doing things that uh, you know what you have, what you want to get, and you more or less know what you have to do. You just have to, there is a method or, however, I feel like in maths, uh, normally it's like proof that this is like this, and it's not like prove it in a really simple way. Normally you have to, in my from my point of view, it's like really always illogical way. Like you go around the problem and use this theorem and this and this, and then at the end you get to the point. But from the education I got as a physicist is a completely different approach. So it really, I find it really difficult to take courses meant for mathematicians. Like it's, I mean, I might understand the theory, but then when I have to solve the problem, I'm like completely like lost <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 really more like uh, you don't do the mathematics to get a solution. You just want to know the way to do it. And if you're a physicist, you care about the solution much less of the way to do it. And if you're an engineer, you only care about the results. And someone else can do the in between work, basically. <laughs> That's. Yeah, you have to get to the results, yeah. The, how you get it, that's more what the mathematician wants to know. No, actually, and... mathematicians, they don't tell you normally how you get it. I mean, they tell you, does it exist? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, from the physicist point of view, you never ask this question. It's like, of course it exists. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever. I'll just keep going forward and try with my calculations until you get some. <laughs> <laughs> Make a new one. <laughs> yeah, make make new mathematics for me. <laughs> well, 
sometimes some math- some physicists they are actually uh, good as mathematicians. They are not like dumb bastards as us, and then they actually come up with their own maths uh, themselves. So, yeah. for example, Newton. Yeah, for example, I don't know. For those of you who don't know, like Newton, the guy of the apple and who discovered gravity, he basically uh, at that time. I mean, he discovered it really long time ago, and that time maths were really really underdeveloped. So there was not such a thing as differential equation, which means like you could not express basically uh you could you didn't have the tools for describing the motion of objects in a like the equations for describing the motion of objects easily <laughs> yeah actually yeah basically if you know for example that at those times if you would know the velocity of an object you wouldn't know uh, and you know how is the velocity through time but you could not calculate which is the position that it will have at the end. I mean, you could not uh, trace back. The, and uh, this uh, Isaac Newton was the first guy who, well, there were two guys at the same time, uh, he and Leibniz, and they were both uh, came up with the differential equations, which, yes, allow for this kind of uh, describing the evolution of things with, I don't know, is that it's basically, yes, with time yeah. or in space? Uh, I don't know how to explain. Yes, yeah, the evolution of small changes. Uh, <laughs> it's so difficult to explain. I don't know. It, it's a, how a function uh, evolves or changes in respect to a certain variable in the function, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, how is the speed changing while the time is also changing, basically, of a car? Like if you accelerate, you're uh, uh, changing your speed over time. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, you want to know how is the velocity changing with time, and you could not basically do it without the differential equation. There was no way to write down in a mathematics form that velocity was changing over time when time also affects the, the velocity, basically. But hey, hey, we are freestyling the things. People look yeah. that they know everything because they check before we don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at first. Well, it's what well, they were not even. Uh, like single field. They like, were philosophers. They were everywhere. Yeah, you would be yeah. like you are physicist, but that maybe you are a chemist, and then you discover a new something, and then you are also a physicist because then you get the physics. But nowadays we are going so deep that you cannot do it anymore. Like maybe you can do it in certain fields when it's kind of not that deep, and you're a chemist. Of course, you can do physics stuff, but you cannot do the top edge of every field if you don't really have hardcore knowledge in that one field. Yeah. It, it might be that uh, you are a physicist, you discover some really cool things, but you don't know enough mathematics to, to do it because it's too much. Yeah, I mean, no, I think it's this we're talking about, I mean, applies to almost everything. Like nowadays, in the past, people were like, plowing the field and like uh, planting stuff and uh, and then uh, 1% or 2% of the population, well, I mean, maybe 5% of the population were nobles and then among those nobles, a really exclusive club of them would be spending their time for fun, for science. Yeah. And then yeah. these people, I mean, science at the time was not such a developed field and uh, they pretty much did whatever they could and they discussed among themselves and it was still an amount of information that I think they could, it was sort of handable for them. But nowadays each field is, has so much, so many developments through centuries of people dedicating their whole lives to them. That if you really want to understand deeply the field, you have to just, I mean, really spend all your time on it, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's basically, yeah, you have to focus. Yeah. Oh. Or you prepare your um, podcast before and you look like you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we, we don't cheat, so we can only speak about things we know. And that's why it's always so messy. <laughs> nah, if you're alone, you just speak all the time about the one thing you know. But hey... Uh, about something that you know for sure, I saw this screenshot that you posted yesterday. That screenshot. So we are now running away from the science and going to the entertainment uh, fun part. Uh, okay, wait. Rocket League is playing football with car that fly. 
<laughs> what can be more epic than that? Yes. So if you don't know what the Rocket League is, look now Rocket League football cars flying epic stuff uh, and the game is fun just take it play with your friends you start playing you get the pizza you keep playing and then it's four o'clock <laughs> in the morning in the morning yeah of course and then you have to go home <laughs> yeah, so that that's like a level that i i don't play rocket league very much but i play once in a while and that's kind of okay yeah if you know what you're doing and you're decent it's okay like don't, don't yeah and you don't need to grind for it, basically. That long? Is it that long? Is it like a few weeks uh, that you no, got called? Or... No, because I remember, you know, your friend uh, Giovanni, I remember when you told me that Heiko was gold. Mm, that was long ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that you were consistently in the gold. <laughs> and you are the only one in the team that done yes. that. Yes, so he's, a, he's the star. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the alpha now? <laughs> Johanna is the alpha, obviously. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. But they they still gold. Yeah, it's not that easy. We take it as a um, team accomplishment. <laughs> 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 well, now uh, Johanna, you have to carry them to to your level. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are our only hope, Johanna. You're our only hope. We're hopeless otherwise. Mm. Don't downplay yourself. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you play in a team, uh, yeah, there is someone that maybe makes more goals, but that doesn't mean that the other one that didn't make the goals didn't do anything. Like, yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, if it's me, if it's me, it's worse. But if it's three good in the team, then. But uh, now that we're speaking about Rocket League. I mean, for those of you who either have played Rocket League or maybe are considering at some point, well, I would spend hours speaking about Rocket League because uh, it would be hard for me to think about a f more fun game than Rocket League. I mean, I guess it's my all-time favorite. But anyway, now the, I think it's the first video game, or I don't know, I've never heard of any other video game which has done this, but they are like uh, next week releasing um, an update where they... Uh, they provide a tournament system. So within the game, you can organize tournaments either for your friends or let's say for playing with people you don't know uh, whatsoever, but everything can be done within the game. So you can organize tournaments with normally, for example, in Europe, we are around like, let's say 200,000 players at the same time. So, I mean, you can organize a tournament and then people, if you allow for, you can of course uh, put different, um, let's say filters based on the quality of the players so that they are basically approximately of the same rank uh, quality level uh, qual um, let's say skill level than yours or whatsoever and uh, then anyone can join if you want so or otherwise you can just do it for friends for some close group of people but i think so, it's so basically the like, game makes the whole tournament automatically exactly you don't have to do anything else you just like uh, either set it open for people to join or invite the people personally and uh, okay. you're ready we, to play. I'm uh, really curious to try this because, I mean, it's just uh, an, an evening you're like, yeah, okay, if we play some, let's play the, in this tournament and then you just go there and do the stuff. Because one thing is to play, you know, normally, I mean, you of course always want to win, but when it's a tournament, you have extra motivation because, you know, if you lose your outs and if you win, you go to the next round and, you know, it will be only tougher there, but it's like, Pushing Even if you don't win anything, it's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, but it's just... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> For those who don't know, Brazil... Well, uh, I guess most of the people know. <laughs> you should know. Well, I don't know, like, because in, um, in a game where you cannot make goals, it doesn't make sense to say it, doesn't it? Yeah. I've heard a lot of times in Rocket League, but I don't know if in Call of Duty you would use it. Or... Anyway, Brazil, <laughs> to do a Brazil is when you do one. To some, uh, you win by seven against one, uh, let's say, other team. <laughs> and every, maybe people know where it comes from. It has to do with Germany and uh, Brazil. Yeah, in the World Championship in football. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course, seven one is so much better than seven zero. <laughs>
the last second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I would say it's also a really um, momentum-driven game that uh, somehow when, let's say, it's really psychological, I would say, whenever you're feeling uh, good and you're feeling like you're playing good and you're winning, you're more likely to keep it going. But as soon as the other team starts to get momentum, they might stomp over you. Like it's because uh, whoever applies the pressure, whoever it's aggressive, uh, then like the other team might crumble under the pressure really easily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then maybe they are like uh, you re you relax a bit, it's like yeah, three zero, pff, uh, easy, and then they make a goal. It's like yeah, yeah, it's okay. We still have two goals more, and then it's two three two. Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. And then they get the momentum, and then you're fucked. And it's four four three at the last second. So it's uh, yeah, I think I think these not so depends on the sport. Some sport is quite common also, not only esports, but uh, let's say I would say basketball is quite like that. That you hardly ever can say that a basketball game is over unless it's already quite uh, you're already in the fourth quarter but I mean in the first second uh, or even in the middle of the third quarter anything can happen like and it's really momentum also the momentum of the team is really important also like after normally after the break kind of the need, need uh, game like kind of uh, break whatever then uh, Often, like if someone is on top, then it reverses because whoever comes with more energy out of locker room. Yeah, it's a kind of a very but similar football, to a sport kind like of. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Germany is playing, then you might get seven goals. <laughs> At least if you're yeah. Brazil, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like the game is five minutes long, but you could, if if you're really pumped up or. Or if you're lucky, or if you really like are focused, or the other team somehow it's like a bit low uh, in moral because of the last goal you have made, you can easily make four goals in one minute, or even three in like half half minute or something like that, like easily. This is not like something would happen like only once every uh, you know like hundred matches or something like that. This could perfectly happen like one every five matches or, or ten, yeah. That suddenly, yeah, like yeah. so many goals momentum. come all at once. Yeah. So. Now that you talk about it, talk about it about the physics of the game. Like, how do you already address this in any podcast earlier? About physics in games. Games physics, yeah. Well, we spoke about in the beta version of the podcast in a very, very badly way. So we are going to have maybe a one one time that we're going to try but to... But anyway, what's your opinion on Rocket League's physics? <laughs> well, I don't think it's any real physics. It's made on purpose not to be correct. Yeah, okay. So... Hmm. I don't know. As a physicist... It's difficult to accept that a game has wrong physics. But it's you a game. Could, I mean, you could it's change a, come the, on, you know, it's, it's fucking cars that fly. <laughs> you can change like the strength that in which like the, let's say, how much uh, the elasticity or like the, how much the ball reflects all this stuff, but the angles should at least be right. Well, I guess those are. Mm, sometimes I feel somehow. like uh, it goes... Uh, a bit, a bit goes with banana, like <laughs> the shot when you hit it with certain part of the. Ah, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, the game doesn't need the physics to be like such a high quality as long as it's consistent how it goes and more or less goes where you expect it to go. Yeah, but it would be actually interesting. Maybe another time we can check some of these things better and then make a, a an episode about. Uh, Physics in video game and how it's like a realistic physics, physics for the gameplay, completely fucked up physics, and see example of that. Because again, it's already one hour that we are going and we are getting into the completely like what <laughs> talks. So yeah. maybe we we close yeah, it down and uh, continue the next time for something. Yes. Something different. And next time. Let me check because we might have actually the next time it's uh, it's gonna be speaking about uh, balancing video games 
and balancing maybe in general in games if we get there to board games and we might have some guests let's see maybe Enrique will join again let's see how that goes but the next one is going to be about maybe video games and balancing video games so let's see for now we can uh, close this one and uh, see you see you the next time see you in oh yeah bye bye <laughs> bye